Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in an unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented time where your individual liberties are being handed over in the name of a government safety net or for the common good. You're tired of being told what you're allowed to say, how to live your life, or how to raise your kids. And so are we. We are the Break the Bell Podcast, and we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. Join us weekly as we invade your ear holes with all the insanity that's going on in the world and expose the corrupt system that is hell-bent on keeping the power from you. You can check out Break the Bell every Monday night, streaming live on YouTube, or listen wherever you can find podcasts. Check out Break the Bell, and most importantly, never stop talking. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast. And today we are going to look at the crisis that Joe Biden is facing, or the Democrats in general. Honestly, probably the better way to look at it is the Democrats in general. Uh, but a lot of it stems from Biden and the Biden administration and the things that have been going on with that over the past year. Uh, we have a full year of Biden's economic recovery, yada, 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 everything that he had planned. And it has been a pretty summarily a failure uh, across the board, honestly. The only, and I think I talked about it, I know I talked about it with Johnny on Peddling Fiction a couple weeks ago, and I may have talked about it in an episode here as well. The only real accomplishments that they have to tout for the Biden administration was passing some spending bills and running up our national debt. And if you weren't aware, uh, national debt crossed 30 trillion here just within the last week or so. So there's massive accomplishment to the administration. Way to go. Let's uh, continue to spend more money that we don't have. So we're going to start out looking at an article from... Uh, the Daily Beast. Get that pulled up right quick. So we're going to start out looking at an article from the Daily Beast. The uh, crisis and opportunity could lead to a Biden bounce very soon. And I'm not going to go into great detail on this article. It's pretty, uh, pretty terrible, for lack of a better way of putting it. I, I usually, usually try to find articles that are uh, relatively... Well, well done. Maybe get to kind of the heart of the issue, even if they are uh, a little bit tone deaf on a few like specific points, which the second article that we'll be doing today uh, falls into that category. But this one from the Daily Beast is just a lot of uh, conjecture and and really wishful thinking, which I guess for the Democrats looking at what 2022 is probably going to stack up to be. It's safe to say that they could use some wishful thinking. Uh, so a lot of what this goes to goes through is that the accomplishments of the Biden administration, uh, the Biden jobs boom is bigger than we thought, is what they say. Uh, and a, a lot of this messaging from this comes from Robert Shapiro, who is a I'll let you look him up. He is pretty thoroughly a fucking moron. So the two big things that they that they get to is 
room or reason for or that they view as opportunities and reasons that there could be a Biden bounce very soon. And what they mean by the Biden bounce is Biden bouncing back, not not Biden getting bounced out of the White House entirely. See, that's what I was looking at it. when I saw the uh, crisis and opportunity could lead to a Biden bounce. I thought they meant there was going to be an opportunity to, for the Democrats to finally just bounce his ass out and move on to Kamala or whoever their next uh, next selection is. That's what I had assumed they were going to be getting at. But no, no, they're they want to look at the they're trying to look at the uh, array uh, rise in the GDP, which they're talking about a rise in the GDP from 2021 as opposed to 2020. And the problem with all of these statistics, and, and they're doing the same thing on this uh, economic, on everything involved with economic recovery, everything involved with job growth, um, the, in, you know, the GDP numbers, all of this is looking at 2021 versus 2020. The same 2020 where for three quarters of the year, the government locked everything down, shut down businesses, shut down everything, put people out of work for, as we've come to see, little to no reason. Uh, so, like they keep they keep drawing these comparisons between, or not comparisons, but they keep touting these improvements that the Biden administration made in the first year, when literally the only thing that that was done was to not completely lock the entire economy down for another year. So there weren't any actual job growth. There wasn't any actual economic growth. There wasn't any actual growth of the GDP. It was all a reactionary thing directly related to simply opening back up and not continuing with the lockdowns and shutdowns and stuff like that. And, and even if you look at that, what you, so what you really have to look at on that, is you have to go back and you have to look at 2019 numbers uh, and compare 2021 to 2019 numbers. And if you do that, we're still lagging significantly behind. Not to mention, to number one, there's all the lag that's that's still happening. And then number two, you know, like I said, we've crossed 30 trillion in debt. So, so we've crossed 30 trillion in debt, which means that. Not only are we lagging economically, but the government is spending more and more money, which is why we're seeing all of these inflation, inflationary numbers and everything is getting extremely more, more expensive. And it's, you know, it's not, there is nothing that would indicate significant economic development or economic growth that's, that's happening. So anytime I see something like this, where they're talking about the, you know, the opportunity, uh, the numbers that they use are ridiculously inflated and simply uh, i don't i don't want to say that it's that it's an outright lie but it's a manipulation of the truth like yes jobs have come job jobs are up gdp is up the economy is up but it's up over a completely locked down economy in 2020. It's 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 uh, factual but not truthful. You know that's so that's what we're looking at here. So that brings me to the uh, 
the second article that I was wanting to look at for today, which is from Salon. And uh, for anybody who watches my morning show, or and I think I've done it on some other shows on here, I've, I've kind of gotten to like Salon. They, uh, it is extremely progressive and woke and just fucking stupid with some of the stuff, but they do tend to get to the heart of the truth on a lot of this stuff while still being very progressive and, and woke and stupid. Um, aren't the Democrats in trouble? A Gallup editor on what those bad news polls really mean. Uh, so, so we'll kind of go through this a little bit. Uh, and this one kind of does some of the same stuff that the, the blade or, uh, the Daily Beast was doing with that they talk about the uh, inflation as a massive political liability, and in, a, in an attempt to cast Biden as a 21st century version of Jimmy Carter, afflicted with national malice and uh, malice and stagflation. But what they conveniently ignore is that Biden's economic growth numbers more closely resemble the good old days of Ronald Reagan, circa 1984. But what you conveniently ignore is that. <laughs> You're talking about his economic growth from 2020 to 2021, which should be completely thrown out the window. Uh, now, this part is where they really start to get to it. Biden is accused of being aloof, disengaged, overly distant, somehow boring and not compelling, and overly, overly reluctant to be available to the news media and, by implication, the American people, because he does not give daily or weekly press conferences. He does not give daily or weekly press conferences. He does not give monthly press conferences. He does not give quarterly press conferences. The man has done two press conferences in an entire year of being the president. This is not uh, being aloof, disengaged, or overly distant. This is, they have completely buried this motherfucker for a year because every time he's on camera, he says something stupid. Even when they put him on with a screen to read from, he still manages to ad-lib. He still manages to go off on his own. And he still manages to come across sounding like a complete and total fucking senile basket case that doesn't belong on the stage to begin with. And they know this. That's why they've kept him in a fucking closet for the last year. Because they can't let him run wild and just say whatever he wants to say. They can't let him run wild and say whatever they put on a screen for him to say. They can't trust the man to not be a senile old fuck at every turn. So the narrative of Biden's failed presidency is based on public opinion polls showing that his level of support has fallen to the level of Donald Trump's or lower on several occasions. And this is taken as proof that the American people have turned against Biden and his policy agenda. Uh, there's a widely discussed new poll from Gallup organization that shows a 14-point swing from Democrats to Republicans in terms of party of identification since January of 2021. By that measure, Republicans enjoy a five-point advantage over Democrats in the upcoming midterms. And something that this really goes into and looks at is independence, and and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about here in just a second. Uh, first, I want to kind of cover a little bit of this this particular segment, and then the rest of it. I'll have all this on the show notes, and it's a really good article. Uh, once you get past like the first two or three paragraphs that are kind of woke dumbassery, uh, then it gets into some some pretty good stuff. Uh, so I'm just going to read like the, this this segment here. 
Ignoring considerable, considerable evidence to the contrary, many published pundits are declaring that Biden is overly progressive and has surrendered to wokeness and political correctness. Their proposed solution, of course, is that Biden must pivot back to some imagined middle that will allow him to lure back independent and suburban voters and members of the working class. The reality is more complex. The mainstream media is creating and embracing the narrative of Biden's failure because it fits their predict, uh, predilection for horse race journalism, both sidesism, and the desire for dramatic partisan conflict. Many things are impacting the public assert, uh, assessment of Biden's presidency. The aftermath of the Trump regime, years of Math's death, and economic insecurity and widespread uncertainty about the future. Ultimately, it may not matter what the Biden administration actually does. A feeling of doom has taken hold. Hope is running out in this interrogum uh, period. For many Americans, perception becomes reality. Biden's presidency may indeed be a, be in trouble, but not for the reasons that America's pundits and other who, others who police the boundaries of approved public discourse would like to imagine. So this kind of gets a, uh, I, I really like this segment because they, they take a jab at American media that is really kind of pushes the narrative that they want to push at their leisure and at their convenience. Because anytime they push these narratives, it kind of drives their ratings. And as we all know, well, I don't know that we all know it, but as I'm going to explain right now, uh, one of the things that that the mainstream media really ran up against during the Obama administration was they spent eight years just summarily sucking Obama's dick nonstop. And the American people got completely fed up and bored with it. Uh, CNN's ratings are currently, I think, as low as they've ever been, or at the very least, they're as low as they were during the Obama administration. Uh, during the Obama administration, Twitter was effectively dead. There was like, Twitter was kind of a giant nothing burger. Um, most of the mainstream news sources, news outlets, saw severe decline in their viewership because. All they did for eight years was talk about how great Obama was. And the American people got tired of it. They're like, this is stupid. At least half of the people stopped paying attention because it was bullshit. And then the others stopped paying attention because it was just a giant circle jerk day in and day out. And they had no interest in it. So what they, what they discovered through the Trump administration, because for those who don't keep up with numbers and stuff like that, I mean, I'm a stats junkie, so naturally that's kind of where I'm, I, uh, I, I lean towards. Uh, during the Trump administration, they spent a number of years doing extremely well because they had conflict. They had you know, the narrative to run on. They could push like the constant drama. And so now what you're starting to see is they spent a few months uh, hanging from Biden's balls, and that wasn't working. Their ratings were starting to drop. And not only that, but Biden's approval ratings were, after probably April of 2021, the Biden approval ratings started to dip and tank and drop. And as that happened... 
mainstream media obviously couldn't keep hanging off of his nuts and just uh, waxing poetic about how great this new president uh, presidency was going to be because the people are obviously rejecting it and obviously things aren't working in the direction that they had hoped it would. So what do you do in that case? You continue to drive on uh, division and and being edgy and talking about what a failure he is. And, you know, like it said, I mean, Biden is not woke or progressive in any way. And that's uh, the problem that the that the the left has, and when I say the left, I mean like the Democratic Party in general, the problem that they have is that there is a large segment of the Democrats who have no interest in that extremely progressive, extremely wokest type stuff. So and and honestly, the Democrats who aren't interested in that type of stuff, are also the ones who are probably watching more NBC, ABC, CBS, less CNN, uh, less... I'm trying to think of what some other... I mean, some other kind of out there. Not a whole lot of The Atlantic or The Hill. Like, they're, they're watching the more mainstream, standard news media sources. So... In order to keep ratings up, like this makes for a a nice topic and a nice way to spin uh, the Biden presidency is spin it off as this woke thing that these people don't like. That way they're tuning in to see it fail. And the more that they expect to see it fail, the more it kind of becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. So what they get into, uh, they talk to a Gallup senior editor, Jeffrey Jones, who oversees research and analyzes Gallup's U.S. polling surveys. And they go through some of some questions and uh, like who conducts the poll. Like they talk about the polls, how the po- the polls are sourced, what what it kind of means. Uh, they do they do spend some time talking about the crisis of democracy. Uh, apparently, having the left divided against itself, and they refer to uh, the right as the what was it? The GOP, the Republican fascist movement, <laughs> because anything I don't like is fascism, and they clearly don't understand what that word actually fucking means. Uh, they do spend a lot of time kind of talking about that. Well, one of the big things that I really kind of liked with the article is they they explain kind of how you look at these polls and uh and they look at historically like how some of these things have gone traditionally. Like uh, they talk about Clinton in 94, Bush in 06, Obama in 10, Trump in 18, where you have, uh, you have one party in control and then the other party kind of swings things as certain expectations of that president and the controlling party, controlling party, controlling party don't come to fruition. And a lot of it is where, and they talk about like how a lot of times party control flips in the House and Senate, not because people actually support the 
more progressive ideas of whichever party gains control, but because they don't like what the other party was doing. And so the reason that you end up having these massive swings back and forth from Democrat control to Republican control is because of this large independent block of American voters, which they project occupies roughly or takes up roughly 40 percent of the American voting bloc uh, is these like more middle of the road independence. And so they see like what the, the democratic agenda has been for the past year and they see what they're trying to push. And they're like, and even though it's, it's all failed, that's all they've talked about over and over and over again is these extremely progressive policies that the, that the far left is trying to, to, to get done. Not that Biden and the Biden administration are necessarily doing, but it is a part of what the administration has set out to accomplish. So this big middle block sees that. And, and it even talks about that, generally speaking, the American public is mostly moderate to slightly right-leaning. I, they, that's, that's, some, that's like some general statistics of just the voter base of the U.S. is that it's predominantly moderate to slightly right-leaning. So in all this extremely progressive stuff, the, the most vocal minority is that extremely progressive left, uh, like the, the super woke leftist. So even though you, so you hear that messaging the most, but that does not, that makes up for a, a fringe minority on the extremely far left. And so this big middle block sees that being pushed and so like, yeah, we don't want that. So then they move to the right. And then Republicans think that, that the Democrats got voted out because this big middle block wants to see all of the crazy Republican bullshit go into effect. More, you know, more foreign wars, more, uh, more big business, big corporation tax cuts, big spending, which the, I mean, the, you have to, you have to look at it. Honestly, the Republican party is possibly as big, if not bigger spending than the Democrats. So, so when, the Democrats get pushed out by this big independent middle block. The Republicans think that that's, that's a testament that, okay, we're in power now. We need to go start doing all of this bullshit that's also terrible. So, the, so then they come in, and they're equally terrible as what the left was and start pushing all of their own bullshit. So then this big independent middle block sees that, and they're like, yeah, but we don't like that either. So fuck y'all. We're going to vote these other guys back in. And so it just becomes this constant tug of war back and forth where the – the ruling class does not understand the dynamics behind how this middle block is voting from election cycle to election cycle. It's typically more a reactionary to the fact that both sides are just completely fucking horrible. And whatever they do, the, the, overwhelming majority of the American public and maybe not overwhelming, but the, at least something of a majority of the American public looks at what they do and they're like, yeah, we don't like that. But then when they do something else, just as extreme on the other side, like, yeah, we don't like that either. Uh, 
And honestly, I don't know what the solution is to that. I mean, that's something that I see. I, 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 I won't vote for a Democrat if I think the the Republicans are being total shit for brains. But I'm not upset when those shit for brain Republicans lose. Generally speaking. So what is the solution? How do we find some middle ground? Because like the obvious the obvious idiot answer is we get more libertarians in office, but that's not gonna happen because the general American public doesn't actually want libertarianism. So what is the solution? Break the whole thing up, go smaller, more federalist type of ideology and Ideas being promoted and, and actually carried out throughout the country. Secession of multiple states. Break it all up into European-sized uh, nations. What's the solution? I don't know. I don't have any answers. I mean, it's uh, right now it's a constant back and forth of bad and equally bad. I do have some level of hope the uh, the tea party seemed to be uh, potentially a thing that might be different but it was a movement based on bad ideas and bad leaders who couldn't carry any momentum or steam with that and it fizzled out pretty quickly which I kind of figured it would um, maybe this what are they calling it? The uh, populist movement that has been started the, in the GOP by Trump. It doesn't need to be Trump. It, it needs to be somebody else. He just he's not the right. Uh, he's just not the right messenger for it. But maybe that could be something that actually comes along and legitimately does what he had proposed to do, which is draining the swamp and and changing policy and being more. Uh, responsible in the way government is handled? Who knows? Maybe that is the solution. And maybe that'll actually happen, but I'm not going to hold my breath uh, waiting for it. That'll do it for today's show. Hope everybody has a good rest of your day. I will be back on Wednesday with another episode, and I haven't really thought that far forward as to what I'm going to talk about on Wednesday. Um, we'll figure it out. As usual, it'll probably be something a little more goofy. Mondays are, I think going forward, Monday will be more of a serious topic episode. And Wednesday will be more of a silly songs with soupy type of episode. So hope everybody enjoyed. And I will see you again on Wednesday. If I don't see you before that, later.